Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. And then you should, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. <laughs> Yep, we're rolling. So we got the boys back in town. It's been a, been a minute since we've uh, we've done one with uh, the in-house crew, the in-house Seek Outside crew. I'm allergic to heat. It's like 102 out. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I feel like ya. Kevin's been MIA. I just see a, a picture popping up of him at a at some high mountain lake. That's pretty much the ideal summer. Like yeah. I do not like going where it's 100 degrees. Yeah, but I've been suckered into it for today yeah so, i'm here well you picked it's uh, not like that bad. the second hottest day until you to come until you're in arkansas no i don't ever want to hear you talk <laughs> about heat dude uh you, there's a reason why i'm not there right now there, there's a reason why <laughs> i don't live in texas there's a reason why i was talking to someone and they're they're like well hey you want to do this tonight i'm like dude it's 102 they're like well i was just in texas it was like 105 to 107 every day 102 not bad Oh, yeah, yeah, 102 and dry. When uh, I was in Arkansas, it was 85% humidity, 96. That is like dying. Okay, let's talk about something a little more fun. Alaska. Yeah. It's not- yeah, <laughs> that's where it's cold yeah, and nice. Cold and frosty. Yeah. Cold and nice. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of you in August, Alaska, and you had like four puffy jackets on, Owen. <laughs> You had you had a beanie and like these huge gloves. I think I had like five or six layers on. When you go from a hundred, yes, last summer it was very hot, and then you go to what was it like forty, fifty? Yeah, yeah. Like it was just and wet. God, I was I was freezing. I See, couldn't get warm why, enough. That's why I go hang out at uh, twelve thousand foot lakes all summer. So that way I'm a little bit better acclimated yeah. for Alaska. Yeah, they're the way fall. better to hang out at. So it's a, it's a good call. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think this podcast, we're going to be talking about Alaska. Alaska's, Alaska season is upon us. People are, are getting their stuff ready. I think uh, the, the main sheep season starts here in like August or whatever. Yeah. Um, this is not going to be a gear prepping uh, podcast necessarily. I think we're, we're just going to talk about some of the lesser known, uh, at we're least not, from my perspective. We're I'm not gonna, going to say use this tent. No. Or- Maybe in passing, yeah. but we're going to talk about what not get, to do. getting your ass there and getting your ass back and some of the challenging points. Like it is so funny. Like when you're say, when I go out backpacking from around my house, I don't I throw some things in a pack and I go out and I go walking and it's not that dire, but when you're flying or driving to Alaska, 3000, 4,000 miles away, right? Yeah. And then you're either hopping on a plane or a boat or something and getting more remote, maybe 150 miles, 200 miles from any town of any substance or driving or whatever. And then you are going to be there for three, four, 10, 12 days. You might get socked in. You start to really, really kind of stress out thinking about your gear choices, right? Because things like forgetting that rain jacket are a lot bigger mistake 
than mm-hmm. they are if you go out in Colorado in the summertime and forget your rain jacket. Yeah. Um, Another one is like ammunition. Yeah. Air, but And like, let's not even say you forget them. Let's say your arrows or your ammo are in a bag and that bag just happens to not make it to like the airport you're going to take off to your drop camp. There, there's risks. And yeah. You should have a little bit of time. Because I did two trips to Alaska last year. One was primarily with camping gear, um, but it was a fishing trip. And none of the fishing gear or camping gear made it until about 48 hours later. Mm-hmm. Did you guys mail that stuff up there, or was it like a carry-on baggage? It was checked baggage. Checked baggage. That or, yeah, yeah, apparently that's took some detour. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, sometimes they got to go on different planes because some planes get uh, like over overweight or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then they got to split some stuff up between other planes. And then that plane might not go to Seattle with you. It might go to, uh, I don't know, somewhere in California first and then, and then up to Seattle, you know, and then to you. Yeah, so yeah. who knows where it might go. And my point is, is like, one, you might not want to use specialty ammunitions, specialty. You might not want to like have that stuff all in one basket, like all those eggs in one basket. So if you use like a very specific type of arrow that you make yourself and it's like, it's everything is 150 grains, everything is dialed exactly how you want it, but you put all your arrows in one bag and that bag does not make it. And you got to sit and wait for 48 hours. Not, not that I, you know, not that I shoot this setup anymore, but you can certainly make an argument for a 30 out six to 180 grain core locks. Yeah, because yeah, you can you can sure. go to any store, and especially if you land in Anchorage, there's a Sportsman's. Uh, I had to go to Sportsman's because I couldn't uh, I couldn't take something. They they pulled it they pulled it out of my check baggage. I don't I don't know I don't I can't remember what it was, but I had to go to Sportsman's and get it to then you go and do the thing. Yeah. So it's like you know there's something to be said for to being able to like just. Buy something that just integrates into your your weapon system, or just any other piece of your kit at right. any yeah. sporting goods store, any gas yeah, station. So I think they sell fuel. ammo at gas stations. So it's like yeah. it's like I'll, I'll give an example. Say say I drive up there, and say Owen's going to fly, right? And I'm going to meet Owen, and Owen's plane gets in at five in the morning, and we're supposed to meet our bush pilot at noon that day that's a bad idea yeah yeah give you know, yourself a full day yeah, yeah. Get, or two because Owen yeah. might get up there without his sleeping gear his rival is or the all, flights might get canceled or, yeah, or yeah. Flights especially get, now yeah this year yeah. flights are going to get canceled i think me and owen and everybody i've known that's taken a flight in the last six months has had something canceled so and i didn't I actually had a flight canceled coming back from, well, I, I wouldn't say it. it was so delayed that it was faster for me to drive back. Um, <laughs> so we rented a car and we beat our flight back um, because it was so delayed. And I had the pleasure of having essentially two very large guys basically sit on my lap for five hours um, at one point, which, you know, I, I have very low confidence in the airline industry at 
this moment. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that unbridled, uh, confidence in them of like, Oh, of course everything's going to get there and I'm going to be spot on in time. And yeah. my rental car is going to be waiting for me. I mean, gassed up, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> I would expect a shit show. And if it is any better than a shit show, well, then you're, then you're already ahead of the, yeah. head of the curve. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> right now is probably a good time to be looking for backup plans. Like, you know, if you, if you have a, a caribou hunt that you're going in s- somewhere north of Fairbanks, right? Um, now is the time to be looking and seeing, Hey, look, if my, if some flight does get canceled from Anchorage to Fairbanks or wherever to Fairbanks, is there a rental car place that I might, you know, be able to rent a car for? Um, you know, are there other flights, uh, through other airlines that I might be able to check? So this is, this and, is the time before you get up there yeah. to, to be looking into all that stuff. And I kind of, you know, something I want to share is our experience coming back from Alaska last year. We, you know, with flights and bush flights being how they are up there, right? A lot of times they're getting canceled or pushed back, you know, so you, you're supposed to have, you know, two or three days on each side of your trip uh, from, you know, say you're flying like us from Bettles to your spot, right? You want at least two days um, on either side uh, for your flight from Fairbanks back to the States or wherever, just in case you get stuck up there in your hunting spot. Uh, you know, you have a couple days that way you don't have to rearrange yeah, make your, sure you're not your gonna, airlines flight. Make sure you're not going to get fired if you're just a little bit late for work. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we also know people that are within our circle that was stuck out, what, five days by themselves or something like that. Um, they got part of the group out, but then the weather socked them in. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because we're doing a trip this year and I'm talking to Angie about it and she's like, well, how much? I'm like, Man, we could be there four to ten, twelve days. I mm-hmm. Don't really know. Yeah. There was a at the like the lodge that we landed at. There was uh, a, just a group of guys, two guys, showed up, hunted the next morning, shot two caribou, loaded it up, flew out that afternoon, and left. And but like then there's, you know me and my crew who were out there for 14 days you know and i was like man it must have been nice just to like see the exact thing you wanted to shoot you know first morning or maybe not maybe that's not a good thing but another thing i was thinking of in in terms of the having backup plans and things like that uh maybe backup bush pilots i don't know for sure but like you know, because those bush pilots be are filling their days because that's how they make their money, oh, right? This, and the, they're pretty full. Full, yeah. yeah. So if you day. show up, at least on our thing, they yeah. were basically if, if it was light and the weather was pliable, they were based. They were basically flying, yeah. mm-hmm. that's and how we were. and they have a fairly tight schedule. They don't want you to screw with them and uh, jack their time or anything. Um, and they're they're okay on the bush pilots. They're fairly strict on the weights. Mm-hmm. So if they, I know, like at least when you get into the smaller planes, if they tell you they weigh everything beforehand, you know, um, you flew in a bigger plane which mm-hmm. had more weight capability. Yeah, but I'm not certain. Like, how were they? Like, 
if you were 20 pounds over, were they going to be like, ah, we can make it? Or are they going to be like, sorry, guys? They were, they were actually fine. They yeah. be, but it was because we were flying in an otter, which is, you know, compared to a beaver, which is what you guys flew in, I no, think. We, we no, they were super cub. Yeah, we were in super, super cubs. Oh, yeah. So even, even smaller we, than we a had, beaver. We Death had, machines. We had 50 pounds. <laughs> we had 50 pounds. Um, the bear spray tied, taped onto the wing mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple things like fuel, stove fuel wasn't that big of a deal. It was pretty easy to find stove fuel for like a jet boil or whatever. There's some codes that are approved and you could find them at three bears. Was it? Yeah. And you could find and sportsman's and st- so stove fuel wasn't a big consideration. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, because you can't fly with it. You can't fly with stove fuel. Like, <clears throat> on a commercial on a airline. Commercial, yeah. Like, you can't take Alaskan Airlines with your stove fuel. We at right. our, Don't try that. In our airplane hangar, they had, like, a section that was full of, like, half-used fuel. I, I, like, it might be worth checking. Yeah, it, ask, like your, if, ask, ask your bush pilot. Yeah, the, call them up. And, and it's kind of the same with bear spray, because, like, yeah. you can't fly up with bear spray either, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up... <clears throat> Like bear spray is like almost a racket. Not to say that you don't really appreciate having it if a bear is by you, but it's like you practically have to go to Alaska and buy bear spray every time. That's how the bear spray industry gets. But you. I think that's yeah. a good thing. Call your pilot because he might be like, "Dude, I've got a box of unused bear spray that's still good for ten years. I got a box of unused stove fuel, half used stove fuel. You can mm-hmm. grab two before you head out." I just call him up. But also call them up and say, do you have the capability, do you have a, a bear spray box or something on the outside of your plane? Because when I, uh, so I went to the sportsman's, got uh, my, my fuel, my bear spray, and then I think it was, I can't remember. License. Yeah, no, I can't remember what they took out of my bag. But, so I got those three things. Um, and then the next day we flew out. And I go to get on and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, we don't, I don't have a, a bear spray box on the outside of my, my plane. You mm. can't, you can't bring it on. Well, mm. with So us, I bought with bear us, spray and it couldn't even take it with me. Well, thus they just duct taped it under the wing. Yeah. And that's why I asked him. I was like, can we just duct tape it to one of the, you know, one of the like little yeah. uh, pillars going out to connect to the wing? And uh, can we, I just tape it on there. He's like, ah, no, you, <laughs> you're good. And I was like. Well, <laughs> no, I want to take this thing that I bought. I well, don't we, think you understand what I'm we asking. Took a, <laughs> we took a bear fence, but we couldn't use it. Because the ground was so dang hard. Yeah, because the ground really? was so hard that we really couldn't. Um, was it just like uh, like river rock underneath, or was yeah. it like permafrost type it was situation? Like, it was like just river rock. Oh. It was in a, in a valley, and we couldn't get it in well enough to be grounded. And yeah. It was just a real, we ended up, we heard of an old timer's trick um, that bears don't like pine, pine saw yeah. and pine smell. And so we had soaked a couple sponges in pine salt and put them in several Ziploc bags. And we just hung those bags up. No idea if they worked, but we didn't have any bears in camp. We I was going to say, the guy that thought of that and spread that rumor is probably... Probably sitting in a bear's belly right now. Oh. <laughs> and he had stock in pine salt. Probably, yeah. He found it pine salt. Probably a pile of bear <laughs> scat right now. Maybe, yeah. 
He's uh, he's mixed in with some blueberries and yeah, and maybe like a marmot or something. Yeah. Just in a our pile our of bear shit. Our bear fence that we had was honestly more of a hassle than anything. First off, the gri- any grizzly that we saw coming our way, as soon as it caught our wind, it was gone. That's so. I mean, hundred percent gone. And the yeah. bad thing with the bear fence was after we got done with our pack out. My, you know, we, we got back to our camp at like, you know, one thirty in the morning. stepping over it. Well, yeah, and, my dad stepped zapped, over it with his pack. Your, zapped your testicles? He didn't zap because we turned it off. We okay. turned it off, but he tripped on it and almost took Ate our it. tent out. Oh. Like he, he tripped on it and it was like the whole thing, you know, he had 80 pounds on his back, goes down, almost took the tent out. So I, that's something that that's think be- about. That's better like, than electrified testicles. It is. That is. It I is would much sure. rather have that than electrified testicles. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd bring one next time, right? Because like, you know, plus it's also like, what is a, what is a bear fence actually going to do to a, a grizzly bear if he really wants to get, get your caribou? I, I would nothing. almost rather spread the pine saw thing. Yeah. And just be kind of vigilant. Have, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I mean, the pine saw is, a very light solution. I, I'll do it. I'll do it again this year. I, I'll do it again. I'll, I'll just. I'll. I'll be like, well, I bought a lottery ticket on Wednesday and I won one day, so I'll always buy my lottery ticket on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. You like know? it worked one time, so you might as well work and or do it until it doesn't work. Well, I wonder if Owen's situation with the tequila and the and the guardian was actually what kept the bears away. Do you what do you, what do you have to say about that, Owen? <laughs> You think that was it? <laughs> I probably smelled like straight, straight alcohol. That's what they you're scared of. Hey, you gotta just, just do put ever Everclear around camp, and they they won't come. <laughs> I don't know. Have, have you ever read those stories online about the beer that bear in Washington that breaks into someone's cooler and sits there and slams a thirty pack? <laughs> no. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I have another in Alaska. We were talking to the, I was talking to the hunter, and he was like, um, you know, we were in. West Yellowstone, or not West Yellowstone, we were in Yellowstone, did a horse packing trip in like through the thoroughfare or whatever, got there, put their like six packs in the river to cool them off and like, you know, made a little rock den. So they watched this bear come down the hill. It literally sat in the river and just like bit into the cans and drank them until, yeah, and and, yeah, and like drank them until they were all gone and then walked away. Well, they say like, certain away. animals like seek out fermented like fruit mm-hmm. yeah. on the ground. To, well, I, I could see that. Hey, like, everyone likes to be drunk. They're, they're, I, I could see something <laughs> like that because I've also, I know a guy in my area killed a very old bear and he found that bear eating an elk carcass in a river. And the reason the bear was eating an elk carcass in the river was because it wanted the meat to kind of rot because he was losing all his teeth. Mm. Oh, so he wanted to soften it up. So he wanted to soften it up. So I could see there being a little bit of a preference for animals, for things that have softened up, especially in maybe yeah. the older It's like animals. hanging your meat for I thought you were going to say that the bear had the drunchies, and that's why he was... <laughs> He's he's just hammered. He's the one who drank the thirty pack, and then he was like, "Oh, dude, I am so hungry. I'm starving, man." It's basically a late night Taco Bell run for grizzly bears. Okay, you know, Taco Bell and rotten elk meat. Not sure there's much of a difference. No, it's basically the same. Um, Okay, so travel. You really want a couple days? Yep. You want to make sure that uh, you want to make sure that you have a backup plan. 
yeah. rental cars, potentially U-Haul can be a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, our guys from Tennessee last year, they were cruising around in a U-Haul, and I got to say, the U-Haul did a much better job of handling four caribou carcasses than, than our little Jeep. Jeep. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. we would have been... We would have been looking major clampity with that Jeep with four caribou strapped to the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. The, also, as part, we got some, we did some meat processing at various facilities along the way. Um, <sighs> one was at a taxidermist that allowed them to bone out their meat. Yeah. Right. Um, we, Owen and I dropped some meat off at a processor. They had meat expedited back to them because they lived close enough to an Alaskan Airlines hub. So that became easy where we live. For four and a half hours? Yeah, from a, a big airport. And we thought of trying to do it with Delta, but then Delta pulled out of here. Yeah. So we can't use Delta for that either. Mm. Um, so. And then our meat got a little perplexed, like we got shorted on the meat. So if you're hunting with a group, you might want to really take care to tag, like make sure you know whose is whose and where where your stuff's at. Yeah, like purple rope is Owen's meat, red rope is, you know, Ryan's meat or whatever, you know. And if you leave it up there, you're likely not getting your game bags back. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't um, get ours back. No. 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 Yeah. Well, and that's a big, like, the antlers, you know, or, like, if you're doing a sheep or caribou, that kind of plays into that whole thing. You got to have a plan for getting that back. Now, the way we did it two different ways. So, one of the ways that we did it was there was a um, taxidermist in town uh, that could ship, um, you know, skulls it could ship ship meat uh it could ship whatever you wanted i think we went to the same spot that in fairbanks pretty gross spot yeah, <laughs> it was big disgusting Al's. yeah big house big house that's the one yeah, that yeah. Was sick disgusting but i mean they they got uh got all of our stuff back to us yeah you know on time so that's one way to have it shipped you know through some other some third party or whatever now you can just um, cut off the skull cap it depends on how picky you want to be, because I know people that have cut off a skull cap, flown back with the skull cap, just clean, no head, no nothing. Well, and then they buy a cape from someone else. They yeah. get back here and they're like, I'll buy a caribou cape. And then I'm going to have a taxidermist make some approximation of my animal. Yeah. But it really is just my antlers, someone else's hide, and then their form. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then so, whatever form they want. And, the thing and if, that's, yeah. if that's all cool on your wall, that's cool. It was, we used Trophy Express, mm-hmm. and it cost more, and it was, there was some pain in the ass yeah. parts to it. Not so much on their end. What time did we, we had to show up super late in the night to go grab our meat. Yeah. After catching some <clears throat> large brookies, may I say. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, Okay, let me let me <clears throat> explain the other way that we did it. Um, my brother, he just cut one of the antlers off of his, you know, cut cut the 
cape off of the the head, um, stripped the velvet, and then he put like four or five contractor bags, some some uh, uh, cardboard on the outside, just duct taped mm-hmm. the whole thing, and sent it back as a checked bag. And that is good because you know for a fact it's getting through as long as it gets there in one piece. The only issue with that is you can't always trust the airport people to be, you know. So his antlers were in with the hide? No, he didn't take his hide back. Hide, you'd probably have to do um, Trophy Express or something like that. But he just did the Euro. Um, you, you could get the hide yeah. expedited through an expediter uh, and sent back to like an Alaska terminal. Mm-hmm. The thing is, how close do you live to an Alaska terminal? Yeah. Our Nathan, who works for us, and Jeff, who is with us, they don't live that far from Nashville. They live One lives about an hour, one lives about two hours or whatever. And so that was very feasible for them. But for me, I live six hours from a lot. So it's an all-day trip, maybe a two-day trip mm-hmm. to go to a La- Alaska terminal to pick something up. Yeah. Depending on if they screwed anything up with yeah. time, all those things, mm-hmm. you know. So you have to kind of weigh that. We did use Trophy Express, but then with Trophy Express, you also had to have cold storage. Yeah, there was big variance in the pricing of cold storage. Like they will go and pick up from some places. So like it didn't cost us anything extra to have our meat processed up there, and it basically ended up being in cold storage, which was yeah. good. But if we had left it in cold storage in Toke, it would have cost like five hundred bucks more or something like that. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Now, like, if we were in Toke and we got a moose, it might be worth it. Yeah. Because we probably would have broken the jeep with a moose in it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, Needed new rear suspension for that. Thing. Yeah. You know, so it all. I mean, we saw one guy getting his moose when we were picking it up from Trophy Express and. He was making his Chevy oh, yeah. his, his, his truck was, yeah. <laughs> you know. Doing you wheelies. A, Did you have a lift on it or what? Or it was just the regular suspension just it's doing that? Just that much weight. Um, big, big so that, that kind of brings up a question. Do you think it would have been cheaper to drive all of your meat back? No. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a cheap way to do Alaska. Well, the, the, cheap, yeah. way, the cheap way is to debone it the the cheapest way to get your a if you're talking a caribou the cheapest way to do the caribou is to debone it check baggage cut off the antlers come back here buy a cape mm-hmm. take it from a taxidermist take it to a taxidermist have him make a reasonable facsimile of your animal um, that would be also include getting rid of the velvet. If there was velvet, I wanted to preserve the velvet on mine cause he was in really good shape on the velvet. Um, that would be the cheapest way. I don't know if you can do that on a moose. I would say I would tend to be like, if you're talking 500 pounds of moose meat, yeah. you probably need to have a cargo, an air cargo account under Alaska, or I think Delta can do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to probably have one of those accounts, and that will be your cheap way. Yeah. Um, Sands, doing it that way, you're probably Trophy Express or driving it. But driving it, you're going to have issues probably with um, CWD 
in Canada or something. Yeah, like that. they'll stop you and want to <coughs> yeah, right make sure test the, it or make something. Make sure there's no brain material. Yeah. So you're going to have to have a very clean skull, no bones or no spine. Well, I wonder, so, because, you know, I was thinking about like a, like a moose trip. Like ten, I think Tennessee has strict rules on that, and I think the Tennessee guys had to debone everything. Because Tennessee, you couldn't bring in bones or bones anything. from another ungulate, I think, because they have that highly regulated because of CWD. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a consideration. If you are planning on driving through Canada, I know this year they got, they got some weird stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we've had, with, we've had packages just sit up at, at Canada for a while. And like, yeah, for uh, a long time. Like a guy called me the other day and he was like, hey, where's this thing at? And I was like, oh, I left. Like, left right on time. I don't know. You haven't gotten it yet? And I was thinking he might have got porch pirated, right? Um, like someone just came and snagged off his porch or something. And uh, he called the customs or whatever. And he's like, oh, sitting at the border. Yeah, I'll go get it. I guess, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. and and it just depends because it that doesn't happen all the time with our packages that leave. So it's like, why did it happen that one time? Yeah, you I mean I don't know. Similar thing happened last year when my dad was sending uh, one of our boxes up to Alaska. It got <clears throat> held up in the airport in Fairbanks, and luckily he sent all of our stuff in like June. Um, and smart, uh, huh? Smart. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, it, it was sitting up in some airplane hangar in Fairbanks. Just they were trying to sort everything out. And he just called him and he was like, hey, like, can somebody find this package for us? And luckily the lady was nice and she went over there and like found the package and put it on the carrier plane to Bettles. But, you know, something to be, if you are planning, like, I mean, I guess if you're hunting in August, it might be a little bit too late right now to be sending stuff up there. But September, you still have some time. But just stay on that train. It's also sure. important to note that some places can be really busy. Like Owen and I, when we were coming back, we tried to get a hotel, Fairbanks, and I don't. We think, were there the same night. I don't think there was a hotel, or if it was, there was it was nothing. like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, for so, a shack. So mm-hmm. we decided that we were. You're probably going to be taking a red eye flight back. Um, it's going to leave at like two in the morning, and we figured. Well, let's sleep at the airport. Now, we had this guy who was sleep. the anti-sleeper because we found the little corner of the airport to try to, uh, you know, be able to snooze off. And this guy comes up to him and he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? You know, you guys been doing anything cool or whatever? And then we were like pretty annoyed with this guy. So we thought, well, we'll get a chance to sleep on the plane or in Seattle or something, right? We get to Seattle. We run through our stuff. We grab a little bit of food. We got some time. And we think we're going to find this quiet little corner of the airport. And we go sit there. And sure enough, like five minutes later, the same dude sits down next to us. He starts talking again. Starts talking. I, I, didn't, I didn't sleep for 48 hours. <laughs> yep. No. Exactly. No, no joke. Like I, we, we woke up, did our thing, drove to Fairbanks, went to lovely Big Al's, sat in the airport, and flew to Seattle. Same guy still talking to us. Got into Salt Lake City and just couldn't go to bed at that point. Like yeah. 48 hours. Oh, and the, the time before that, I flew back to Denver one time, right, from the Arctic River trip I did. Yep. And I was so tired because it was a red eye out of Fairbanks, like 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
didn't sleep, didn't sleep, got to Denver. I'm driving across the state, and I'm just like really having such a hard time staying awake on I-70. And I see this person hitchhiking. And I think, man, you never pitch up, pick up hitchhikers, but maybe a hitchhiker will help keep you awake. So I picked up this hitchhiker. And this hitchhiker had been at some party. They smelled foul. They had partied all night. And instead of being engaging, I wasn't expecting engaging conversation. Wasn't expecting to talk philosophy. But I was expecting some sort of conversation just to keep me awake. The person promptly got in my car and fell asleep almost a comatose. I basically just made it worse. <laughs> I basically pushed them out in junction oh, and man. stopped and was like, hey, wake up. Um, yeah. This cool? Uh, uh, yeah. Sure, sure, man. sure. Sure, man. Thanks. Well, so just getting back to the whole Fairbanks situation. Um, Funny enough, we were both there the same night. We were both trying to probably, we both called the same hotels, different parties. We hunted different caribou herds, but we were in the, there the same night. What happened with us was we were at the airplane hangar, and um, this wonderful woman who was working there kind of caught wind of our situation because it was like us, my, my dad, my brother, and then this other group, we were kind of hanging out together, you know. Um, and, uh, we were trying to find a hotel room for all six of us. We were even looking for one that six of us could pile into this lady. Here's our situation. She ends up renting us her truck and her house because her, you know, her husband lived in a different house and I guess, and she could stay there. So we ended up getting one of the wonderful locals to rent us her truck and her house for the night. She didn't ask for any, any money. Obviously we, we left her some. But that goes to say, like, you know, don't be afraid to use the locals in this situation. Like, Alaska's not, like, down here. Like, people are freaking nice up there, man. Like, they'll – and I'm not saying you should, like, just go asking to use people's houses. But, you know, oh, so don't, you're, you're, don't be afraid. You're saying everyone here's a dick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody at the Grand Junction Airport would just, you know, no, after I, knowing I, you no, for I two know. hours, give them I, I know. There, truck. There, there's some, like – Steve Opat, you know, loaned us his van and what he rent he rents out his house and lives in his yurt. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's just like nice people and like use the locals as, as kind of like a, you know, a, a resource and, oh, and the locals, uh, are pretty, uh, pretty knowledgeable on the hunting spots too. So listen to them for that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and I will agree, most, most of the people I've met are super friendly. We did rent a house in Toke, and it turned out the lady we rented the house from, her son was a hunting guide, and so he pretty much kind of knew who we were and stuff anyway. It's crazy, because so. like, our guide, we, we flew back with him, because that was the end of his you know, deal. He, he had another job, like, so guiding was like his job until September. He did sheep hunts, and then he went back to doing whatever, thinking oil and gas or something. So anyways, we flew back with him, and he was like, what are you guys doing tonight? We're like, I don't know, we're just going to go back to the hotel and sleep, and then wake up and get on our plane back to home. And he's like, well, why don't you guys come over for dinner? We'll drink beer and have dinner, and my wife will make you guys like an actual home-cooked meal. And 
So we went over to our guide's house um, and his wife cooked us dinner and it was amazing and she was awesome. You know, got to meet his kid and his and his dog and he was like telling us how he like also loves to duck hunt on Kodiak Island and everything and like all sorts of stuff. It was just like crazy how it was just like just instant friendship i, yeah. I don't know you yeah. know it's just like they're so nice the locals there are just the, yeah okay. they can be awesome so have we handled everything on the travel i would say i, think so. I would say so have yeah. we handled everything on the meat back i would say so i think, I think so. we've we, done cri- grizzes too we yeah we kind of covered off on the grizz grizzlies a little bit yeah, uh, I, I would say don't wear, don't use a bear fence. Use pine saw for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't know if that would be <laughs> coming from uh, seek outside. Uh, recommendation. I, I don't, don't know if I would fences. give that a strong recommendation. <laughs> uh, sometimes there's a say. There's here's what we've done, and there's there's uh, you know it has worked for us once. Yeah, you know, um, might not work again. Might not work again. Um, the grizz we saw up in the Arctic, they ran from as soon as they caught our smell too. Yeah. Um, now packing, because obviously you're probably going to go back country. The thing there is probably it can be, and we said we weren't really going to talk about gear. And one thing I wish we would have worked in different is more tarps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, more tarps to keep our meat in better shape and our meat and us yeah our meat and us in better shape um that would be one big change but the rest of it it can be really i hate to say it it can just you get mired in this should i bring this should i bring that did i remember every little piece of gear thing yeah you know and then i i took a leatherman which i lost I thought I couldn't find the whole time. And then TSA found it for me when we were coming back. And um, I thought that Leatherman was never going to show up again because it seemed really sketchy. Go upstairs, get a few stamps, you know. And so I came back home and I ordered another Leatherman under the thing of thinking I'm never seeing that Leatherman again. And then like three weeks later, that Leatherman showed up in the mail. Yeah. Um, but you can... You can really get a sat phone. Good idea. Good idea Definitely because good idea. you're supposed to report within a certain amount of time on your on your harvest, and that's really hard to do with a Delorme. Yeah, and especially if you get stuck out there. And it was much easier to find lodging, like when we knew we were coming out. We called our yeah our Airbnb lady that we had stayed the day before because we we came out a bit early just because like weather was going to be terrible yeah and so we were like we don't we're going to be homeless you know so like we we figured out a good deal and like called called the lady who was running our airbnb and that worked out well for us i mean honestly i think the biggest takeaway i had from that was my first trip up to alaska was that you just got to go with the flow man yeah, you kind of do. And yeah, like, you can't, and you can't get bummed if like something happens, and that's why I'm, that's why I like made the point of like have stuff that you could just pick up anywhere. Yeah, because it would be a bummer if you can't find your, you know, you know, self loaded six five, 
rounds you know that that, that 3250 that's, that's the yeah, only yeah. yeah that's exactly what you got a turret for your yeah and then you have out. no time to side in or you know like so so if you can just make make it easier for yourself to go with the flow meaning like you've got 65 creed or maybe even 65 prc or you've got 300 win mag you know like then it just makes it easier for you to just handle any bad situation. You know, I would, I would just uh, go a ahead. book would not be a bad idea as well. Yeah, because book, yeah. Like here in the lower forty-eight, we all probably get too caught up in the immediacy. We have our jobs, we have our kids, we have our things. We get mad if we're stuck in traffic for too long. Or if the power's out for 30 minutes or whatever, right? But up there, yeah, you kind of got to go with the flow because mm. you might, your plane might be way delayed. You're might this, you might. We went the day we were flying in. We went there and our buddies took off at like eight. We and were we, like, ready to go. We went and drank beer. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. The weather ended up turning sour, and we probably didn't leave for another five, six hours or something. I tell you what, they don't have bathrooms on Super Cub. Weird, to, <laughs> weird to find out. But yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and that's the thing. It, like, you're like, hey, can I just hang out the window, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bear spray got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, <laughs> but no, just just uh, have like a, a cushion, both financially and yeah. um, and like plan wise. You know, have have other options mentally, time wise. You want to know my you want to know my, my honest thoughts? Go don't up go there. to Alaska. <clears throat> oh yeah, don't go. No, um, it's very cold. <laughs> um, go there and honestly, go on a fishing trip for four or five days. Because that gives you so much leeway in time. Like, because that's what we did. What We did a week. Well, we did, I think we did four days or something. Four or five days. Yeah. Like, like we, we, had, we had a bunch of buffer time because we were just fishing, Chilling. hanging Bumming. out, right? Yeah. Like, and I would assume most hunters wouldn't be upset if they caught a few salmon along the way, right? So I think, I think a lot of people are missing the boat on that. Our two buddies from Tennessee that went with us, I tried to tell both of them that you guys really should stick three or four days and try to go catch some salmon. I mean, we we had more pounds of salmon than we had of caribou yeah. when we got back. Oh, yeah. You know, we, had, uh, we had a lot more fish. And, but then it, it gives you, number one, you're having fun. Like, you can go up there with basically nothing and go salmon fish. Yeah. And then number two, it gives you four or five days of leeway. Your luggage gets lost. Your sh- you shipped your stuff last minute. It gives you some time before you actually need your stuff. And so, I mean, yeah. I think we counted our gear. Probably, I I probably went through my gear twice while I was up there, just to make sure. Like yeah. the day before we left, I like I went through every. Single I think thing. we yeah. did yeah. more. Than, I think we did it more than that. I think we probably dumped our gear while we were fishing cabin. I think we dumped our gear. Once or twice before we even took off. Yeah. You know, the the Airbnb we rented really looked like a gear rummage sale <laughs> mm-hmm. most of the time. It Just, really did. You're, you're, and, oh, no, we had all our gear dumped out front the one day. Yeah. You know, and we were sitting there last moment like this spotting scope or this spotting scope, this spotting well, scope. Well, and then and you go way in. I mean, like, you got to know, like, 
you got to load all your stuff, be under for, in our scenario, 50 pounds, which would is it, like... Would it uh, come in handy to bring, like, in your check baggage, a little, like, hand especially, scale? Especially if you go fishing and catch a big fish. Yeah, <laughs> so you can weigh it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it would, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I think if you've done a lot of stuff, it comes down to, do I want this jacket or this spotting scope? The, or this spotting scope, I so would like to take this spotting scope because I would like, like we did see wolverines on carcass. We saw mm-hmm. wolves. Yeah. It would have been cool to have a really good digiscoping setup and stuff there. Take some pictures but of we it. we left that stuff at home or we left it back in our bag that we didn't take with us because I think we opted Maybe it was like bear fence or spotting scope yeah. or something like that. It, it was like, it becomes, should have went with the spotting scope. It becomes these weird, <laughs> right. at, at 50 pounds. Cause like, honestly, when I hunt in the elk camp, I'm cush, but I'm like 45 pounds, right? Like with rival and everything. Like I'm, but I'm comfortable for like five days. But then when you go out there, like you just don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, yeah. So you're bringing, we, we, we really stuff. didn't know if we were going to be camped on a ridge or in a valley or near water, or what we were going to be doing. So it's like, you could be like, all right, I'm going to take these we, we X act- amount of water, but then like we found out like last minute, like uh, we were going to be camping near water. So we dumped it. Like, you know, you're just taking one, what is it, 48-ounce Nalgene, you know? That well, we, we, we actually told them we preferred... We, the ridge. We preferred a ridge, that we wanted a higher-up ridge camp, and they wisely advised us I think we can do you a little bit better. And I mean, yeah. your pilots know where the movement is yep. and stuff as well. And they said, are you sure? We think we can do this. And this is a really nice spot. Yeah. And we, we, we said, fine, fuck it. You guys are the experts. Yeah. And you know what? They gave us an absolute great spot. Yeah. Well, other thing I wish I would have had was a Tinkara rod or a fly rod. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of grayling. Yeah. In the bunch, river. Yeah. yeah. We had a bunch of grayling creek by us. And that just adds so much more to your trip. Oh, like, you can just hang out and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's kind Especially of. Especially for, for how I how into fishing I am, I would have just. I, oh, I, I was a huge hunted. fisherman, man. I wouldn't have even hunted. I would have just sat there and just thrown fucking flies <laughs> at fish. Well, the funny thing is, like, and that's also like. I'll, you got to take these things as they might be a once in a lifetime. They might be a twice yeah. in a lifetime. Maybe they're, Which, I mean, maybe you're fortunate and they're they, a 12th time in a lifetime. Yeah. But I mean, if I have a regret, it was actually the lack of digiscoping. Mm-hmm. I came back and I bought a very light spotting scope digiscoping setup. Is that the, the right? Koa? Oh, yeah. Koa. K O A W A. Yeah, I bought the 45. I bought yep. a digiscoping thing for it. Um, and I really regret not taking at least a little Tenkara rod. I found a new digiscoping system now that we're on it, and I know this is off topic, but I think it's kind of cool. No off topic. Yeah. It's called MagView, and it's basically a magnet that goes on the back of your phone, so there's no big phone case. I'm saying because that's like a light system, and and like you don't have to have a big old case on your phone. And I think we all want more pictures out of our trips, right? Like when we go on trips, we want to take the pictures of the, of the things that like we can go back through. Like, uh, like my phone just gave me a, uh, you know, those like memory slideshow delays about mm. my Montana trip and I watched it 
yesterday morning and i was like man that was a fun trip you know so, so it's like getting away with more that, photos gonna, and you can digiscope stuff that's awesome. gonna that that reminds me i really need to order one of those snipe pods from uh what's his name his name is kramer i keep wanting to think <laughs> back to seinfeld no it, it's like his snipe last name. pods what did you just say yeah it's snipe pod is his snipe? tripod oh thing. and it's a super light tripod but i i keep because I've watched too much Seinfeld, I keep thinking Kramerica Industries or whatever, because Kramer had his whole thing. But I forget his name, but it's Kramer Designs, I think. So, um, he, But he has like a nine-ounce tripod. Who? Because we're doing a trip to Alaska. I have now solved the lightweight scope. Mm-hmm. I have now solved the digiscoping part of it. So we don't have to sit there and watch these wolverines on a carcass but not be able to film them or take photos of them. We can do that now. But what I can't do is I don't want to be sitting here, well, the four-pound tripod or, yeah. you know. Bare fence or you know, my sponges. Yeah, so, <laughs> so if I just buy the nine-ounce tripod or whatever it is, then I kind of have that solved. I mean, it's nine ounces. It's stupid light. So let me say, <laughs> as a person who does media quite often, Shmedia. Shmedia. I, I have recently become anti-picture myself. Now, this is just a little, this is off topic, but just an idea. If you it's do, derailed by now, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> yeah, Alaska, let's talk about elk hunting. Now, yeah. um, but I have found <laughs> lately that I, I have, instead of like sitting there and like taking photos of the things or like doing stuff, like, or especially like with like big cameras or like just being like super invested in it. Like maybe just a quick, you pull up your phone, you take a shot. That's all you think about it. So like maybe it's something to reminisce on. But like the Alaska trip we went on, like is like so full of memories for me, except for how sick the fishing was. Missed <laughs> out on it. Uh, like couldn't, couldn't compare it to what I do now, you know? So I hope I can do that this year. But like just like the memories that you have, like aside from photography and like any media that we took, like it's sometimes just so sick to just sit in the moment. Like if you're, no, no, yeah, I, but if I, I you're, will agree. If, yeah, if, I, if I, you're watching, if you're watching, and you're like, "Fuck, look at that Wolverine!" and you set up your phone, and you set up all this, it takes away, I think, from the experience. Well, so it, here's the thing. There's I'm a part of that. I'm going to give you two things, and you're gonna you're going to turn into the influencer, the mountain biking influencer that just posts black nothings <laughs> and, and like your revolt against your 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 message for staying in the moment i was with you your mom and your little brother mm-hmm. in yellowstone and i think we were you guys were fucking tiny mm-hmm. i forget how old you just, you just were fucking small yeah. um and i think we were at uh old faithful right and I was so obsessed with getting a photo of it that I got done. I was like, oh, Old Faithful already went off and everything. And all I was doing was dicking with my camera. Mm -hmm. Like the moment. Trying to get the settings, trying to get all that. Exactly. And so like I totally missed the moment of Old Faithful. And it's not like I'm going to go back there very often because, well, it's got too many people around for me. It's too much of a zoo, right? Um, But in the case of the Wolverine, those wolverines really weren't visible by naked eye. That's true, yeah. So 
your only real, you could see them when you had binoculars on the carcass, but your only real way to really appreciate them would be literally like through to video digiscope on a spotter. So my, you know, my, the, the thing, the thing I get, all right, number one, let me tell a quick story. I was, I had to drive to go get a motorcycle the other day. And I drove a very incredible drive, five hours through the best of Colorado for the most part, right? You didn't take I-70 then? Hey, I-70 is pretty good. Like from Glenwood to, that's pretty pretty. That's pretty dope. But no, I, I had to drive, to, I had to, drive to, to Alamosa from here. I drove through the pass from Crawford to Gunnison. Just, yeah, that's that pretty, is knockout, that, right? That, that is pretty nice. And so I was driving back and uh, going over that pass and it was like sunset, just perfectly orange cloudy just so moody i got out of the car by morrow yeah that big overlook i got out and i was like looking you know i was like god fuck, this is amazing i gotta go get a picture i sat there i took like a, a few photos and i was like dude i just like i should just enjoy it you know yeah, well i think there's something sat to be there, said for like I, I taking a couple there, took a couple big breaths like just like it's like most peaceful I've felt in a couple months. That, like, just that like, might so be the most I, hippie thing so I've ever heard I you agree, say. I, would, <laughs> I agree with that, but I think you definitely need to take pictures because mm-hmm. I, as I think, you get farther from Alaska, like as I get farther from Alaska, you know, especially if it is a once in a lifetime thing, you're like, you want to. You want to remember. You want to remember. No, I and, and, as you and get your more memory's alcohol, just not that good. As you get more alcohol, that from the plane to go. Yeah, they, yeah there's exactly. there's a there's a couple hours that you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I will have I will have to say okay for for your point of view there, and I feel that this is moving into yeah. Seek Outside's <laughs> tips for life or something. Yeah. Right? Um, I was I was looking I was doing something on Facebook the other day, and I went to my own profile. Yeah, but it wasn't like I was trying to. I, I think I was trying to turn off notifications and all this stuff because I get so sick of picking up my phone and seeing that I got three notifications and being like, "Oh, I got to check my Facebook," mm-hmm. and then looking at the notifications and being like, "This is the dumbest shit fucking ever," yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> I, so, I, I only I only use so the I, shit fucking. So <laughs> I went to so I went to my profile. And there was a photo from my Arctic trip as the background. Yeah. Um, not the camp in the Attigan Gorge, but the one after it. There's this incredible fucking mountain. There was some snow on the ground. And I was like, man, that fucking was beautiful. You know? Yeah, I yeah. think when you get those, like, like I said, with like that memory on my phone the other day, it's just like... It's great to look back on, and I think the whole point we're trying to get at is like, take photos, take videos of your trip, but still like be in the moment, right? Because Alaska's freaking sick. I yeah. think I think within like, uh, it's it's all this photo. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's a, there's a photo. And I, of I also range. remember, I also remember, Ky- Kyla. Uh, Brendan, who last I knew, she worked for um, the National Forest in northern Idaho. Her dad, Steve, was managing Yukon Flats territory in Alaska. Um, she killed this giant ass squirrel with a caribou antler at our camp prior to that, as what? we were fixing to hop in our in our boat. What? Hell yeah! And. So, and it's funny because I was putting on my wetsuit 
or dry suit or whatever I was putting on. And it was like, man, look at this big ass squirrel here or something, right? Didn't even think about it. And it was she just blast it with a it, caribou. It was, it was, <laughs> damn, poor it squirrel. Man. She, she hopped in her kayak, be scared. And Hal Herring and his son Harold, which I had a blast with Hal and Harold. Harold's your age, I think you two would still get along. Um, hopped in boat, and we got off. and I saw her like skinning this giant ass squirrel. And I was like, Where? She's like, Oh, I hit it over the head with a caribou antler, you know. And so we made a fire, and we had to squirrel, right? Like, so I get your live in the moment, mm-hmm. Owen, totally. But this photo brought back all those memories. Yeah, of the totally. squirrel. And that's the thing. The, right. A picture is worth a thousand it's, words. It's a, it, just like everything. It's everything in, like, moderation, right? So <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. be looking through the screen the whole time. But also, don't forget to be like, oh, I, I, I think, should take a picture of this. Right? Yeah, think, don't th- forget to live in the moment. A, a, lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of that came from just talking about Alaska, right? Like, when Kevin got a very nice caribou, and I sat there. I have an incredible photo. You've seen that photo where you're all smiling, holding the caribou. It was awesome. But, like, I don't necessarily remember that moment, like, that, that like, the big smile and stuff, because I was trying to get the photo. Because I never smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, so you're like, you're like, ah, oh, I mean, I, you miss out on that, but like yeah. you capture such an incredible moment. So it's like, it's kind of a double edged sword. You're like, yeah, I remember, like, I remember the chase, fucking sneaking through all the, like, looking at the caribou horns, just going through the brush. Oh, they were in that brush and you could just see yeah. that one monster dude. And you were just like, holy fuck. Overall, overall, aside from, you know, the whole photos and the spiritual hippiness, um, spiritual hippiness. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. Once and even if if you can just do it once in your lifetime, like most incredible 100% thing. Hundred percent recommend. I I, yeah. I think our overall recommendations are um, give yourself plenty of wiggle room on the travel. Um, Go fish. Yeah. Do things like, like or start. I wanted to like, say this earlier. Start with a fishing trip before you do the big hunting trip, just because that's what we did, and you kind of learn a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Can, like, and you can talk to folks. You can like, like, yeah, like yeah. I, I yeah. actually feel I actually feel sad for the seek outside physical therapist, um, Lansdale and Nathan, <laughs> because they didn't fish beforehand. You know, Lansdale has sent me photos of his buddies that have fished like before a moose hunt mm-hmm. and like they're holding their salmon and I'm like I, I think I think it's a know. genuine part of the if if that's what you're you're into, if you like fishing, which I happen to love it, um, I think it's a genuine part of the Alaskan experience. Because a lot of the a lot of the fishing you're going to be doing is in southern Alaska, which a lot of the caribou hunting you're going to be doing is probably more northern Alaska. Mm-hmm. So you get to you get to see more, do more, see. <laughs> um, <laughs> ocean, sorry, sorry ocean guys. Reference. Sorry guys, you guys can just ruin me. Um, <laughs> we all no. looked at him like, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are you saying Seymour no, yeah. like the name Seymour yeah, yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> seek outside the local community? Uh, you know? but, uh, but yeah, it's it's part of the experience. You get to like, yeah, oh, you, you get to yeah, you get to see a lot more things and and like kind of it fishing's yeah. more enjoyable than hunting sometimes. You well, know? And you get to go and back it does, to the house. It's easier, it's and it does uh-huh. like sure. require more time. But like, if you're already taking the time off. Like, do it. Hopefully, Just take three days. Hopefully, you have the leeway in your job to where you can take that extra. 
week. Three, four, five days, whatever, yeah. to make some fishing happen. Yeah. And I hope and, you guys do because it's it's it would just make it that much more. And, and enjoyable don't forget and to take photos, but don't take photos so crazy you don't live in the moment. Yeah. And enjoy things. And also take a book or something. Don't stress out because your travel's probably gonna get fucked up. Oh, yeah. Or you might get stuck in a tent for five days and have nothing to read but a sheep hunting guide that's like five pages long from 1980. I think I read that thing 30 different times. (laughs) At least you know what they were thinking in the 1980s. And and be prepared to stay up for 48 hours because while you may be wanting to sleep, some guy may just think you're his BFF in the airport. It is is a loose operation. Or Who BS. knows? <laughs> we, he might have dropped an F off yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, I think to to kind of culminate, Owen, you know, he, he's got this new religious mantra <laughs> that he's going by now. Just go with the flow. Yeah, you know, the Church the of Owen. The yeah, Church yeah. of Owen. <laughs> Don't take photos of your bike. Yeah. Don't take photos of you shredding. Just go. Just go chill, just, man. When you have sixteen thousand followers, just post black <laughs> and be like, live in the moment. Just in words, and it, <laughs> Owen, you know, Owen, <laughs> Owen's uh, oh. the, he's the founder of the International Consortium. Of, uh, <laughs> of, of seek, seek outside, outside spiritualists. Yeah, that's uh, that's Owen. Don't, right don't make me write a blog. Okay? <laughs> You're heading that you way. You just bud. you just want to go out and chill, man. All right, <laughs> just go out and and uh, just have uh, fun. What do, they, what do they call it? Uh, stick your asshole up in the and let the sun. sun yeah, rain, dude. Soak its, its energy into rain? your asshole, dude. That's yeah, how you get the called? most vitamin D. Sun rain, I think. <laughs> I thought I only had one I day to do that in Alaska. The most I thought D. I thought there was a shortage of guys showing their testicles to the sun or something. I don't know. What? I don't what? know. I mean, I thought Where I heard Tucker Carlson. A shortage. Or, uh, I thought Tucker Carlson said something that guys need to get more sun on their balls or some shit. All right, bro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, so, anyways, hey, enjoy you better end this podcast. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your, Alaska. Enjoy your trip to Alaska. Oh, it's it's not sunny enough don't take, there to stick your ass. Don't take photos, but also. <laughs>